0: are listening to a little too quiet the ferndale library podcast brought to you by the friends of the ferndale library my name is jeff milo and joining me on the podcast today is peter marcus we are going to be talking about his first book of poetry he's the author of six books of fiction but when our fathers Return to us as birds is his first formal collection of poetry out on Wayne State University Press we're gonna be talking a lot about poems and we're gonna be talking a lot about the grieving process these poems were written as Peter Marcus was preparing for the death of his father and then some written after his father had passed and these aren't easy conversations to have and these very much are not easy poems to write but throughout these more than 90 poems, Marcus is tuning his eye and ear towards a new world, a world where a father's slow dying process and eventual death leads the writer, the son, to to take a walk outside to, uh, quote, meet my shadow in the deepening shade and perhaps find this broader existential dialogue with the natural world. In these poems, Marcus, as a son, is simultaneously caring for his dying father, losing the father, and then finding his dead father in the trees and the water and the sky. And he is listening to the birds and to the fish, and also thinking about and listening to this river, this river that runs beside his house, this river that separates his parents' house from the view of this shut-down steel mill and just... Ruminating on this sentence, my father is dying in a house across the river, but as a reader, these poems just reminded me to be so much more receptive to the natural world and to really start thinking about how we honor the memory of our loved ones and how we can even honor them while they are still here and not have to wait until they are gone peter marcus is the senior writer with inside out literary arts here in detroit and is on the faculty at oakland university where he teaches creative writing and he is also the author of six books of fiction including the fish and not the fish which was named a michigan notable book in 2015. we talk a lot about the work of inside out literary arts which is also detailed in the pages of a book that marcus co-edited with terry blackhawk titled To Light a Fire 20 Years with the Inside Out Literary Arts Project. And that is a long running, unique, school-based writer in residence program, which places professional writers in classrooms to engage students in the power of the literary arts. And that includes poetry. And we talk a lot about that with Peter Marcus. And we especially talk about his powerful poetry in When Our Fathers Returned to Us as Birds. Here's our chat. Been talking to lots of of poets on this podcast whether it was you know john freeman or joy Keynes friedler it's i find myself inching closer and closer to saying isn't poetry so important and necessary and people can can use it to process their emotions and and it serves such a, a purpose and i and i tend to, to 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 loft it up up and up as being so 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 important but reading your book and how it is uh, really tied into the grieving process and then looking at your past uh, with Inside Out, uh, m- maybe that resonates with you. Maybe, maybe that idea of, of writing being useful uh, uh, resonates with you. And I'd love to just kind of start there to, to get your thoughts on that, because I know you've written on how, how writing can be very um, transformative for, for whoever whoever takes on the exercise.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great entry point, Jeff. Especially specifically with this, this last book or this new book of mine, which unlike maybe my previous books or at least unlike especially my fiction, um, I, I do feel like this book might be of use to the reader uh, mm-hmm. and even maybe the general reader. Mm-hmm. You, know, that's, you know, as poets, you tend to loft it up uh, within the academy itself, which of course poetry lives vibrantly there. Um, But I don't think that this book aims to necessarily placate that particular reader. Mm -hmm. And in writing these poems, more than anything else, I really wanted to, number one, to serve the purpose to me to help me process what I was seeing and hearing and feeling uh, as it related to my father's illness. Mm -hmm. And then... I wasn't necessarily thinking about this as I was writing the, the poems, but maybe more so than ever before I was saying, you know, well maybe if these poems and the process of writing is helping to serve me as a writer, it might actually serve the reader in some capacity as well. And, and from what I've heard from some readers is that it's certainly whether or not the particulars of their grief had to do with an aging parent or a spouse or even a child that maybe grief is universal in the way that love and loss is whereas my fiction was me just you know playing around with with language and just trying to be inventive more than anything else this was definitely a new lane for me to drive the car in so to speak
0: sure and i think that's what i was wondering what as as a lifelong writer and a and, a, and an educator of of young aspiring writers are we are we being a little overzealous in, in saying that poetry has to serve this serious uh, this serious role in our lives, I guess, because I I I think technically it can also be for fun, but um, but when we when you have I guess fiction, you you have the characters to focus on, you have themes that you can play with. A poem is just usually one page, and it's so raw, and it feels like it has to be very. I guess it feels like it has to be urgent. And maybe I was hoping you could enlighten me as the educator and meet as just the reader.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, when I when I do teach poems, which I do all the time, whether or not it's with Inside Out and working with third graders in East Dearborn or fifth graders on the southwest side of Detroit, mm-hmm. or, you know, I've worked in K through 12 classrooms for over two decades, yeah. um, you know, sometimes uh, poems might uh, invite even the younger reader to go into serious places, but that's certainly not the entry point that I try to offer them mm-hmm. the the access to a poem. So I, I, I tend to begin uh, in a more playful, surreal place, I guess, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. um, a, a space where it just invites, um, especially the young writer, to just enter into, into a, a creative room where uh, anything's possible. And we're really just sort of making something out of nothing. You know, so for instance, like, most recently, uh, with my students this year, I have brought in a a line from uh, the the poet and the famous novelist and writer and uh, Jim Harrison, um, you know, who says, you know, to write a poem, you must first create a pen. Uh, to, to uh, write what you want to say. So just, you know, like, Hey, well, what, even though our pens and our pencils are good at doing math and just the general writing that you might be doing, you know, for school uh, I just sort of say, let's, let's create this, this pen or this pencil. um, And if we could create a pencil that could serve other purposes, even beyond uh, our own interest in writing a poem. What might that pencil look like? So it's a very sort of like good first step in saying, "Well, you, you mean this pencil can do anything?" Mm-hmm. And I say, "Yeah, the pencil can do anything. What would you want it to do?" Yeah. And then once they break through that wall of, oh, you know, maybe there is some resistance when 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 most people are are tasked to write a poem. Um, this is a very sort of undangerous sort of territory to begin with. Um, And it's just simply not even, you know, writing the poem itself, but just creating the pencil, which is a nice first step. And um, I think it could work, you know, certainly I've done similar things with my college students at Oakland University. And, um, you know, again, anytime I run into a room of any students, whether or not they're third graders or, College students, or even I've done some workshops of late at the Hannon House in Detroit with senior citizens. I think it's good to just open the door initially uh, in a very carefree way that will sort of not be as daunting, not so lofty, not so intimidating. Uh, Because I really do think that a poem is something that anyone is capable of doing you know, and I really believe that. And I wouldn't be a teacher if I didn't believe that. Mm -hmm. But of course, I run into people and students all the time who don't believe that. And one of my jobs early on is to get them to believe in their own creativity, Mm -hmm. to believe in their own voice, to believe in their, their own power of the imagination, and also to realize that you know, their poems are sort of right there in their own backyard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You don't have to uh, necessarily move beyond your own neighborhood to uh, find that there are, is plenty uh, to report uh, upon. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I want to be candid with you. And I feel like a lot of readers w- will find a lot of resonance in this book, depending on on where they are in their lives. And uh, it's it's not like they're They're probably not going to listen to this podcast, I have no problem talking about my own parents, but I have entered into becoming a caregiver for them. So these Mm -hmm. poems are hitting me possibly harder. So my mind is on a lot of things you're touching on here. And there's more than 90 poems in here. Uh, Some of them are in stages where you are anticipating the passing, and then some are after after the fact. And what I especially enjoy about your... appreciate about your poems is uh, this... Connection to and this listening to of nature, and I want to get to that. But you know, if I'm anticipating the the grief that I might have to withstand, I I I interpret that as my instinct might to go might be to go inward, to stay in the room and close the and close the blinds and turn the lights off. And I think that. I'm looking at my own backyard differently. I'm looking at birds differently. I'm looking at the blue sky differently, uh, it, it, almost in anticipation of of that of that loss um, and just looking at that bigger world, listening to that bigger world. So I wanna start there and I just wanna start, if you could tell us, the title is When Our Fathers Returned to Us as Birds. Could you maybe contextualize You know how important nature has been you know it's been there in your books before whether it was fish or it was mud or what have you and there's a lot of walks through the woods there's a lot of uh fishing here uh there's a line in a poem that really really hit me that you would maybe used to used to be listening to the fish to know where to not the fish listening to the birds to know where to go now you're opening your ears to them in a different way can you can you talk about that um as your as your way of of getting through this just being in nature, listening to nature.
1: Yeah, you bet. I mean, first off, I mean, you know, I'm sorry to hear that your parents are getting to that point where they they need your attentions. Um,
0: but it's like it's all eventual. We're all we all we all be that we're yeah, all going to be there. Yeah. I
1: mean, if if you live a long, long yeah. enough time, I mean, you're going to be lucky enough to be put into that position of mm-hmm. of doing For them what they did for us you know so it really is you know uh, or you know it 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 is it was it will always be um, a privilege and an honor uh, that I was able to to be present uh, in the way that I was Um, and by making myself available and present to that difficult subject matter of, of seeing my father, uh, you know, bedridden and unable to do just the basic things that brought him joy, like, you know, going for a walk and walking down to the river and tinkering with his boats. Um, you know, it's sort of, the torch got passed to me in that regard. So I really started to just feel real pure unadulterated gratitude for being able to do those things through the lens of what he could not. Um, And so, you know, when I would, you know, let's say uh, move outside or into the backyard or, you know, move down to the river and just sort of, just to get a breath of fresh air and just to, to still see that there was great abundance all around me i mean that was really the great lesson that i was sort of wanting at that point for my father to be able to live vicariously through me um and so you know before i was you know as you pointed out in my other books i mean sure there was always a river running through it and there were fish and in the mud and even the steel mill and there's that familiar landscape that i built that world of my books from that the particulars of that real world. Um, In my fiction, it's sort of it's those things are more words for me than anything else. I don't know if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. but in these poems, the birds and the fish in the river and even the shipwrecked or abandoned steel, steel mill across the river from where my parents um, lived and still live, um, those were actual things in these poems. So uh, I wasn't making anything up. I was just simply looking around and paying attention and being astonished to use the words of Mary Oliver Mm -hmm. uh, by what I was seeing and then to tell about it and to try to do so is honestly um, as I could, and also as, uh, truthful as I could so that other people, uh, whether or not they're dealing with, like you are your own, uh, set of aging parents or, uh, people who just, you know, I mean, again, uh, loss is everywhere. You know, if we love a thing, we know that eventually we're going to lose it. And I think, and I hope that, um, poems, you know, we often reach for those books of poems to help us through those hard times. Mm -hmm. It's Rethke's directive, you know, in a dark time, the eye begins to see. So that was part of my process is just sort of, you know, waking up, uh, as my father always did during his many years of his working life at 5am. And I just sort of entered that ritual with him. And You know, I like to begin my day even to this day with poetry Mm -hmm. before anything else. You know, before I check my emails, before I go on Facebook and all those things that unfortunately we do in the year 2021. um, I like to turn to the old pages of other poets who really helped and guided me through the writing of this book. Yeah. Um, So, um, you know, those those poems uh, helped me find my own poems. And like I said, like they were, you know, they were right there across the river. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have, have to go far uh, to get to them. And same thing I tell my students. It's like we don't have to, you know, I mean, it's the accessibility of a poem is one of its great attractions Mm -hmm. and i think even to the point when our culturally something major happens you know whether or not it's 9-11 or president being assassinated or you know you know a pandemic or whatever we might be uh, collectively um, moving through uh, i'm always moved by the fact that you know writers and even non-writers are moved either to reach for poems or to write their own even.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And, uh, I think that just speaks to, um, the purity of a poem and the fact that it, if you really look at most poems that are written, you know, in the past, let's just call it 50 years, even there, you know, there's, there's, really nothing all that too academic about them except for the fact that the way that most of us were first taught uh poetry was in that academic way which can uh, you know turn people away from Mm -hmm. the act of writing their own poems Um, so my approach always is like you know like a poem is something that is here for you and uh don't think you can't do it because you can yeah you know i can't sit down in front of a piano right and do what you know great musicians are able to do i can't pick up a guitar and you know i might be able to hit a few chords but like i I just my hands don't do that and i'm sure that there's certain students who might say to me my hands don't do that either with a poem but I think you can get to that C chord a lot easier in a poem than maybe on a guitar or on a piano. And of course, it's easy just to hit that chord, maybe, but I, I'll tell you, I could grab my guitar right now and try to play a C, and it would still be muted. You know, it would right. still wouldn't be the way that the, all the musicians that you revere you know the way that they can do it Mm -hmm. so I'm like Mm -hmm. you know Elliot Smith or something his hands were capable of doing things that only the hands of maybe great poets are able to do Mm -hmm. and sure there's some great poets out there who can do this dance with with language in a way that you know even I would sort of say oh yeah I'm not that's not my thing sure but we all got our own thing and um, poetry at its most basic level, I think is just one of the maybe most human things that, um, you know, sort of can help us to, uh, remain human.
0: Sure. I think we, I, I would love to, to ruminate on this really important and intimate exchange that, that goes on between a reader and, uh, since I have you here, you, specifically really here, if you're you're putting down these poems and just to kind of to go off on that that music tangent for a moment, you know, we will listen to whether it is Elliot Smith or if it's Joni Mitchell, we'll listen to these these songwriters, these real troubadours, and part of our uh, admiration for them resulting in after we experience their art is uh, this appreciation for how, for how eloquent they were, for how willing to be vulnerable they were. And then we 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 absorb that. And I think that we find inspiration in that. Like Joni found these words, Elliot found these words, and they put it this way. Uh, I maybe I can write a song. Not necessarily a song, maybe I'll put my thoughts down. They found this way to put their thoughts down. Maybe I feel inspired now because they did it in such a such an elegant way. And you know, if you're listening to you listen to a rock band because it makes you feel cool, or you listen to a disco record because it makes you want to dance, but you listen to these, these more poetic musicians that I'm riffing on because they make you want to pour your heart out. And maybe that is part of a reason why we'll read poetry and why we read your book, is that your willingness to be vulnerable and the words you find, um, I'll absorb that. And then now I will be inspired to write my words about my parents. Um, And I don't know if that comes up so much in the role of being the educator, but I think it's something worth appreciating. I don't have a question there. I just wanted to throw that at you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, you know, if someone does, after reading this book, pick up a pencil, Mm to me, that's maybe the greatest achievement that could take place, um, knowing that, Yeah. you know, I mean, you certainly if someone just reads it and comes away feeling Mm -hmm. something that maybe this book maybe, you know, makes them consider uh, their own past or present or possibly even future. Mm -hmm. um, You know, again, that would be part of the book's achievement uh, in the, in the very, the very least. And uh, you know, it's, it's hard to teach vulnerability, you know, like, And it gets back to even, um, you know, going back to your, even your opening comments Mm -hmm. of the poems, sort of the way we elevate poetry as uh, maybe even in a way that maybe we should try to, to ground it more uh, in the everyday. Um, But I mean, like vulnerability is hard to to teach, Um, but like, To me, the the best poems and, you know, and I I see this in my own students, especially the older ones, Um, you know, when when they write something where I'll say to them, you know, this is a poem that needed to be written like and that speaks volumes as opposed to them just sort of doing just doing the assignment, so to speak, you know, but like when um, and that's maybe the gift that comes with time you know that um you know it it took me to my mid-50s in order for me to be made to be open to my own vulnerability Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why i wrote this as a book of poems as opposed to uh, a book of fiction sure Um, and i don't know that my books of fiction necessarily would be um, called out for their vulnerability you know, and maybe that's the difference in uh, in in this sort of my own evolution and my even becoming at the middle part of my life a poet, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where, like, I've sort of lost interest in in making things up, at least for the past four or five years. Uh, and I'm still writing poems now and not fiction, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I don't know. You just, I guess you turn the page and sure. you sort of take what's given and, uh, you make with it.
0: Yeah. And that, yeah, that, that enters the territory of, of what, what, what is it that we find fulfilling? Is poetry fulfilling us? Let's, let's continue following that. That is fulfilling. Uh, but I mentioned being, uh, really open and observant to, to nature. Uh, you're also, um, as you're going through it, as you're writing these poems, I think that you're observant of your own self. Can you talk about that? Because I believe that you, um, for a, for a few poems, you will go into third person as though you're outside of yourself. What was that like, and and what motivated that that decision? I guess creatively.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a few poems, or maybe more than a few, where I definitely uh, abandon first person and decide to just. Uh, switch over to third person just to see how that might open up um, the powers of observation, maybe I liked more it. than the So, it, for me, it just gave me a little bit of uh, maybe psychic and distance from from that vulnerability, because mm-hmm. um, you know one of the risks of being vulnerable is being sentimental and I know that I'm risking sentimentality in this book with every poem. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really feel that um, that's what good poems do is that they really sort of straddle that line between um, that raw um, emotion and um, the emotion that becomes um, sentimental or maudlin Mm -hmm. or whatever the word might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that, Poetry can actually—I I, think—I wish there were more poems that were um, more sentimental than than they are. You know, a lot of times we're taught to be sort of coldly detached from our emotions and to be more in the mind than anything else. And as much as I love a poet like Wallace Stevens for that reason, I really am more drawn to. Uh, writers that I think, you know, uh, speak more directly Mm -hmm. um, about, um, you know, the places that love and loss and grief and joy might take us.
0: Yeah. You run that gamut in this book. You know, there could be a poem about uh, the even just the electricity that you that, that that you experience when your fingertips touch the skulls of small dead animals Mm -hmm. for a start. And then we can go straight to the raw surface with one of my favorite poems. And now I'm wondering if you would interpret it as traipsing close to sentimentality, but I have, I just could not help but bring up the poem I'm afraid I'm going to forget. Mm -hmm. And that, which Given the nature of the book, and if anyone, you, I think anyone can maybe fill in the blanks as to where you're going to go with that poem, and you do go there with that poem. But I think that you also do write beautifully about why we keep writing poems, or why we even just keep writing. It's that sense of, I think, not even just uh, exercising the the grief, but coming to more of an enlightenment about the person we're we're grieving. Um, you know, we we maybe we saw them every day of our lives, but. Did we, I guess, come to terms with how much we actually knew them and and, and all of that? But prattling uh, on again, Peter. But that that's a really powerful poem for me. So and I, I love how direct it is, and I think it's a really valuable, valuable. It's a valuable poem. Maybe maybe that's not the term I want to use, but I think it is. What do you think?
1: No, I would. I I, I would. I appreciate you saying all that, mm-hmm. and I would hope that um, others might also feel that like I do that, you know, when we, when we write about those difficult things, I mean, I think our first impulse when uh, we're asked to do hard things is to resist and to look away. And I think in that poem, um, you know, there's this idea that, you know, I'm writing to become more present, right? I don't want to forget this. And so I'm going to look closer, Mm -hmm. um, while I can. Yeah. Um, And so that, you know, by looking, it just sort of leaves this this lasting mark uh, on my memory and so that I don't forget and I haven't forgotten. And it's why I'm still writing through the process, Mm -hmm. even, you know, three and a half years later, Mm -hmm. it's still very present to me. This is probably the first conversation I've had about the book and my father that I haven't had to put the conversation on mute because Mm -hmm. it's uh, not easy for me to articulate, you know? And that sort of also speaks to the power of writing. Like, I'm not a very public person. Like, I'm not forthcoming with colleagues and friends about you know, what I'm feeling. I'm not that guy, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um, which is maybe why, you know, in the quiet of my own personal space, I was able to access some very private material and very private emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's, it just gets back to like, what, you know, what is that story that we are given that we can then, make something true with. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, again, you know, having to witness and, uh, see my father, uh, in a, you know new light, um, and to watch that struggle was something that I really wanted to honor and again, pay close attention to, even though, um, You know, I wanted to look away at times and I wanted to forget and I just wanted to drive away and I just wanted to jump into the river, you know, like just escape. Um, But I think it's, you know, maybe the poems taught me to be braver than than I thought I could be and to be tougher and to teach me that, you know, like, you know, you can do this, you know, like you can you can be. Uh, a good son
0: yeah and that word honor really 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 resonates with me honoring this person who was here you know we think of big stone monuments in a, in a cemetery and that just seems like it, it it's it, that it's 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 a it's a cold it's a cold gesture but um finding words to i think that writing about someone and i and i don't certainly want to go into sentimentality but obviously writing about them gives them that immortality on the page they were here. We're remembering them very much, honoring them, and I and I do think that that's a great note to 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 end on. When we say that this this writing is hard to do, this kind of thing is hard to go through, but that the writing can I think also make us uh, stronger and perhaps hopefully stronger than we thought we were. So I, you know, I mentioned early in the podcast that I'm I'm where I am in my life with my loved ones, but however scary this is to say out loud for some to hear we're all going to be there one day and i think that's important to remember and so i think that these are really beautiful poems in that way for us to interact with now just to just to get us thinking about it and you get to the end of this book as you hopefully do when you get to the end of all good poetry and you just feel an appreciation for for the writer being able to just do it those thoughts might be in your head they might be in your heart but then the formulation of them and sitting with them and then that willingness to be vulnerable on a page and put it in a book, um, is, uh, is just, it's just wonderful. So, uh, I want to thank you for writing this, Peter. That's all it's made me want to write. So.
1: Thank you yeah. for your appreciation. Thank you for reading it. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, as you were speaking, Jeff, I was just thinking about, um, some words that Raymond Carver wrote in an essay quoting St. Teresa from, geez, 700 years ago. Um, you know, and she said something to the effect that, you know, words are deeds, you know, uh, they, they, they prepare the soul and, and get it ready to move toward tenderness, you know? So if, if this book, as the words that they are, can, prepare you for your own good deeds and your own ability to to serve in whatever way that you might and to to be present for your own father and mother and whoever else needs you uh then i've done my job here i can say that with a a great big smile on my face
0: absolutely an invocation and the reader leaves the book feeling uh We can never be fully ready, but we are readier. Um, If that's, hopefully I didn't mangle English there. We are more ready. So I am at least a bit more ready. So thank you so much, Peter Marcus. Thank you, Jeff. And that was our chat with peter marcus he is the author of many books including the very recent collection of poetry when our fathers returned to us as birds and i would encourage you to read it because just like you you could likely find lots of comfort and even kinship with with marcus and his experience and hopefully find you can find resonance in these words to to maybe what you are yourself going through and maybe it inspires you to write something down and that's that's what that's what it's all about we should all just be writing these things down it's very transformative that is it for our episode and our chat with peter marcus we thank him again for being here and we thank you for listening to a little too quiet it's the ferndale library podcast and it's brought to you by the friends of the ferndale library the music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode is by a local musician known as Sunset. If you want to support this podcast, you could go to FerndaleFriends.org, or you could leave a review or like us or follow us, uh, leave a comment, you know, that could help us find more listeners, or you could just tell a friend about this show. And if you especially liked this episode, please share it to social media. We'll be back next week with more. Thanks for listening.